Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We have got a great conversation lined up today about selling to an unsellable generation. Our guest, Jeremy Miner, will apply the latest behavioral science concepts to coach us on the way we need to approach selling in today's skeptical world. Today's episode is brought to you by Convergo, a team helping entrepreneurial companies develop and implement revenue growth plans and turn those plans into playbooks. If you want to accelerate your growth while building processes that allow the growth to be sustainable, you'll want to meet the team at Convergo. Just go to www.convergo.co to learn how other entrepreneurial companies are growing faster. Well, our guest today, Jeremy Miner, is the chairman of 7th Level, a global sales training company that was ranked 1,232 of the fastest growing companies in the United States by Inc. Magazine. He believes the single most effective way to sell anything to anyone in 2022 is to be a problem finder and a problem solver, not a product pusher. You're going to enjoy meeting Jeremy. During his 17-year sales career, he was recognized by the Direct Selling Association as the 45th highest earning producer out of more than 100 million salespeople selling anything worldwide. His earnings as a commission-only salesperson were in the multiple seven figures every year. But what I love about Jeremy is his unique brand of sales training pioneers the use of behavioral science and human psychology. Jeremy's the host of the podcast, Closers Are Losers, and his book, The New Model, uh, the New Model of Selling to an Unsellable Generation, is coming out later this year. Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. Jeremy, it's great to have you here. All right, Daryl, thanks for all the uh, nice words. I'm going to take all of that as a, a big compliment because my kids say I'm really boring. So thank you very much. Really <laughs> mine it. too, mine too. But hey, not on the Revenue Growth Podcast. You're very, very interesting. Yeah, I have to ask one question, just one question right up front. I, it, it been, it's been itching on my mind the whole night because I watched your show yesterday a couple of a couple times on a couple of different shows on YouTube just to get the feel of what you're doing and what's going on. And in the background, I saw this like old... Like 1980 computer. <laughs> there that, it is. That there it is. Really okay. That baby. There you go. Know. Look at that, folks. That is. I got to know. That, well, that's the Mac LC3. It's none other than my very first computer. Thanks for asking, Jerry. I, I mean, I saw that and I'm like, man, that, that looks really cool. Like I need to get, I, you know, I need to, I'm going to go buy one of those older versions. Maybe I can buy something like that on eBay and put it in my background. I think that looks pimp. That's awesome. Well, there it is. I mean, that thing, I banged out term papers uh, while doing my marketing degree. And the other, the other thing about that, I, mean, I appreciate you asking because that was the first computer that I bought. Yeah. I don't know. It was a couple hundred dollars for a 14.4 baud modem and hooked it to a phone line in my apartment right after graduating from college. Yeah. 
connected to the internet and discovered that everything I learned in my marketing degree the previous four years was now irrelevant. <laughs> so I mean, go figure, right? And and yeah. that is, you know, the world has been shifting quickly ever since that day in 1993. Right. And here yeah. we are now in 2022, 29 years later, uh, three decades coming into the fourth decade of the internet. Yeah. And we find ourselves in a position where we have to sell to a generation that you describe as un- Sellable. That's not good yeah. news for my friends in sales. What What do you mean by that? Well, it's unsellable if you don't know the right skills, right? If you if you're still using like old school traditional selling techniques, or you know maybe what's been repackaged now, some form of consultative selling that's been around for decades. Um, if you have the, if, you know if you have those if you're using skills that work against you in behavior that trigger sales resistance you're really going to struggle in sales you're like literally mm -hmm. going to have to play sales as some huge numbers game or you're just going through the numbers to try to survive i would rather not be in an industry where i'm just going through the numbers hoping and praying that it's magically going to work out and have have really no control of the sales process. So that's when we say it's an unsellable generation, it's very sellable, very doable because people want to buy. They want to get problems solved. They want to get the results they want, but it's all how you're communicating your messaging to them. That's going to determine what they do with you or what they don't do with you really. Well, wait a second, Jeremy. I thought sales was a numbers game. Don't I just have to smile and dial? Let's bang out some calls and get things done. Yeah, Tip that. You, can. you can. I mean, if you you know, if you want to be an app, that's what average sales, as you know, that's what average salespeople do in 2021, 2022, right? We're just, we're in a different age. You know, um, kind of a, a question around this is the other day, somebody asked me, it was at an event and they're like, hey, what, if you could describe what selling is in one word, what would that be? And it took me about 10 seconds. So I'm like, I need to be better prepared next time somebody asks me that. Mm -hmm. But if I really think about what selling actually is or what sales is, the one word that, it, that it's really all about at the end of the day is about change. That's really what sales is. It's about change and changing, okay? Mm -hmm. It's about how good you are at getting your prospect to view in their mind, not by telling them. Because if you tell them, it's going to, as you know, go in one ear out the other, right? Because you're biased. You're the salesperson. You're the company, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about getting them to view in their mind that by changing their situation, that means paying for your product or your service, that doing that for them is far less risky for them than them doing nothing at all staying in the status quo, their problems stay the same and nothing ever changes. So which is more risky if you really think about it? So selling is all about change. So it's a really, like I said, it's how good you are getting the prospect to see in their mind that by changing, that's far less risky for them than them doing nothing and staying in the status quo. And the problems stay the same. You with me? Absolutely. And the biggest competitor, let's just be honest, the biggest competitor is not, you know, some large company, uh, the biggest competitor is always the status quo. And I love that definition of sales. I buy into it wholeheartedly. With your big, you, you've taken a deep dive into behavioral science to find the answer to this question. How do you sell to this unsellable generation? I want to dive into that, but I, I want to go somewhere first though. Okay. What, what makes this generation unsellable? In well, your opinion, there's some outside factors that have really contributed to that. And I want everybody, you know, I, I think a lot of I think one of the biggest mistakes that business owners and, and sales professionals, coaches, consultants, whoever you are, everybody's selling something. Right. 
Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes they make is they think that they can just have this great product or service and that somehow everybody's just going to line up and want to buy it. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you talked about it earlier, we call that product pushing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Realize your prospects. And we talk a lot about this in, in the book, Jerry Acuff and I are more cautious and skeptical about making the wrong buying choices than they have ever been before. Now, why is that? OK, one of our clients um, who's a social media influencer, does all the social media for MTV, Taylor Swift, Rihanna. He's a big social media guy out in Hollywood. His name's Brandon Kane. He's got a couple of bestselling books. One's called uh, it's called Hook Point, How to Stand Out in a Three Second World. And the book is all about this phenomenon that, that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. He talks about and I, I might be misquoting him, but I'm so Brandon, if you're listening, I might be misquoting your book. But he says that there are over three billion, three billion content creators every day that are trying to pull the attention away from your prospects you're trying to sell to. You're even competing with 13-year-old junior high girls on TikTok now. Yeah. I'm serious, right? They're yeah. trying to attract and pull away your prospects' attention, okay? Distract them, okay? Guess how many content creators there were 20 years ago? Just take a wild guess. <laughs> There's no thousand. I, yeah, I've no. I, I mean, know, it was like three billion. It, it's it. We just all of a sudden, everyone's got a microphone and everyone's got a video yeah, camera. In front we got of them, a message, right? right? There was less than a million. You're close. So most people yeah. are like three. No, there's less than <laughs> <laughs> NBC, CBS. I, know, yeah. I put people on the like, oh, I don't know. So there was less than a little bit less than a million, and that because of the information age that we live in today, with the power of the internet, especially mm -hmm. social media. Your prospects, we have to understand this, are being sold to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. week after week, month after month. When I say that at events, like I can I can see some people's eyes roll. I even have one guy says, I'm not being sold to all the time. Like sometimes I get pitched here and there, but I'm not being sold to. I'm like, okay, I want you to step back and think about what you do. Think about your daily routine, okay? Mm -hmm. You wake up in the morning, you grab your phone. What's the first thing you do? You start going through your social media. You're on Instagram, mm -hmm. you're on Facebook, and you see what? Ads trying mm -hmm. to sell you something. That's just yes. a, right when you wake up, within the first five minutes, you're being sold to. You walk into your kitchen. You know, you're late to get to the meeting, to get to the office, wherever you work at. You pour some coffee, you turn on the TV, you see what? Commercials trying to sell you something, right? You get in the car, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm late. You turn on the radio, you hear what? Radio ads trying to sell you something. You, or the Revenue Growth Podcast, I hope. Yeah, exactly. Podcast, <laughs> but, right? Who's, yeah, absolutely. But even, yeah, everywhere you go, you keep yeah. going. We're going to get to work. We're still selling stuff at work, aren't we? You're driving down the road. You see what on the <laughs> Billboard. side? Billboards trying to sell you something. You go to lunch with your friends. You get on your social media again. Your aunt just posted about her newest, greatest MLM she just joined trying to pitch you something. See, you're constantly being sold to 24 hours a day nonstop. And as human beings, the last couple of decades, we have learned to put up a wall of resistance anytime we feel that someone is trying to sell us something, okay? So that's when we say we're selling to an unsellable generation, we have to understand like there's a wall already there. So instead of following the ABCs of closing, which is something that's been around for, I don't know, a hundred years. I don't even know, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's so old that I, I thought it died with the dinosaurs. We want to follow more of the ABDs of selling. That stands for always be disarming. Throughout your sales process, whether you sell you know, B2C, business to consumer or B2B, if you're more of a complex selling environment, we continually have to learn and learn how to ask the right questions at the right time in that conversation with the right tonality, with the right delivery, 
that's going to disarm the prospect where they want to keep engaging. They want to actually open up because they feel like you have something that might be important to them. So we have to be practicing the ABDs of selling, not the ABCs of closing, if you want to be great at sales in this day and age, for sure. You got me? Absolutely. And I, I, I couldn't agree. This right now, just to survive yeah. in today's culture, you've got to have an incredible filter. Yeah. Or you'd probably just be yeah, you'd be a zombie being yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. And that does that does produce significant challenges for all of us in yeah. sales and marketing. You know, we've got our marketing friends here as well yeah. that face that same challenge. So I'm curious, uh, in your studies of behavioral science. Yeah. What'd you learn? Well, there's a lot. Um, I'm an avid book reader. I've ha I have about four thousand books. I'm kind of crazy. Um, I haven't read all of them, of course, but I, since I was probably 20 years old, one of the first events that I ever went to in sales, when I, I barely turned 21, I just got hired at my first sales job. I was like a junior in college and I mm -hmm. went to a Brian Tracy event. Okay. Nice. You obviously know Brian. Brian. Had the tapes. Yeah. There you go, right? <laughs> the, I know. Our first I just dated myself. There you go. Yeah. Our first, our first product that we launched three years ago when we started was with Brian Tracy. It's kind of, yeah, unique, cool. kind of turn around. but anyways, so one of the first events I saw Brian on there and he's like, you know, make your car a university on wheels. And yes. here I am, this kid, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Like when I'm it driving does. down the road, rather than listening to the latest, greatest hip hop song or, you know, listening to CNN or Fox talk about politics, which doesn't make you any money, maybe you should learn something, right? So I started learning as much as I could, driving around all day. I was driving to college, driving back. You know, I started learning from my, my, uh, my, my teachers, you know, in, in college, like behavioral science theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. And really like the study of the brain, like why does a human being, like what triggers a human being to make a decision to do something compared to them deciding not to do something? Like how is a person persuaded or not persuaded? There's more theory. Okay. But since we're going down this path, I'll have your, mm -hmm. I'll have your listeners write this down. So this is pretty unique to think about. According to behavioral science, I'm the the, the nerd. It just, you know, put on some glasses. Remind me, you know, look at me as the nerd guy that likes to read. But according to behavioral science, there are three forms of communication. Okay. And once you understand the differences in persuasion and where you're at now, even if you're doing decently well compared to where you actually could be, it'll completely change the game for you as a sales professional, or if you have a business owner that's running a sales team, right? Or if you're a mm -hmm. sales executive, that is a sales team. So according to the science, the behavioral science, the first mode of communication that they call that era, ERA one type of sales, mm -hmm. give you kind of a vision in your mind would be more like, there's an academic term, but I'm kind of going to just make this easy, would be more like boiler room selling. Okay. You know, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think boiler room selling in your mind? What's what the show? What, what oh, comes yeah. Mind? Immediately yeah. the movie. What was yeah. the movie? Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. Wolf yeah. on Wall Street, yeah. Leonardo. You've got the, the older version. Absolutely. Of Gordon Gecko or something like yes. that. So that comes yeah. to your mind, right? So we're the least persuasive when we tell people things or we attempt to dominate them, posture them, manipulate them, push them into doing something we want them to do. Just like mm -hmm. the famous show with Leo. I'm sure Jordan Belfort's a great guy, but that's how they depict him, right? right hey, I've got a great opportunity for you. Then we talk about the features and benefits and, and what we do and why we have the best. And then we push them and tell them why they need to buy. And we're going to offer a special promo only today. We need to talk to the manager first. And it's just like if you tell your spouse that they really, really need to do something for you, and then you push them to do it. What do they typically do back? 
push back. They that's just it's just human yeah. behavior, right? It's how we're wired as a human being. So I'll give you a few examples of the least persuasive way to sell. This is crazy. Presenting. We're all taught that we have to have great presentations. We have to show them our 60 page slide deck with all of our services and products. And right. here's our nice shiny corporate offices with our nice tinted windows. And we've got the triple A rating from the Better Business Bureau and all these customer services. We the best this, the best that, which by doesn't, by the way, doesn't every salesperson or company say they have the best product or service? <laughs> you know, full disclosure, my wife, the one show I'll, I'll watch with her is uh, Bachelor. Right. Because I think it's entertaining. Right? I've been watching with her for like seven years since we've been married. And uh, every season, if you've ever seen it, the host comes on there and they say the most dramatic season ever, ever. of all right. time. And I'm like, I've been <laughs> saying that for like 20 some years straight. Like nobody believes it. Like everybody right. laughs. Right. Like if you think about like how many salespeople or companies tell you like, oh, yeah, uh, Daryl, our, our product is fifth best in the market. No one. Right. They all say they are the best. So when prospects hear wording like that, we're the best this, we've got the best mm -hmm. this, they actually psychologically trust you less when you say things like that or you talk down about your competition because they're used to every salesperson saying the same thing. So okay. according to the data, it's not very persuasive if your presentation, because you have to have one, is more than 10 percent of your entire sales process. The average salesperson, it's north of 50%, which is really scary, right? Yep. Telling your story, okay? Hate to tell you this, and you know, nobody cares about your story when you're selling one-to-one. -one. Whose story do they care about the most? Theirs. Their story, right? That's just normal, right? But most salespeople don't think about that. Given a sales pitch, right? Uh, you've, you've been taught, we've got to give a great pitch. You know, if you, uh, if you watch uh, CNBC, like Shark Tank, you ever watch that mm -hmm. show? Oh, of course. So, yeah, the entrepreneurs come in there and Damon John and Mr. Wonderful and Barbara and Mark Cuban and Kevin, just whoever they rotate, are sitting there and they come out and they start pitching. I want you to watch the body language of the sharks when they hear those pitches. Like They're like, whoa, what? <laughs> hold on, cowboy. You know, what's going on? Yeah. And the biggest one is assuming the sale. According to the data, very mm -hmm. low on the persuasion poll, hence the term sales is a numbers game comes from. It's because it's triggered, it's forced to be a numbers game by the way we're turning off so many people, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first mode. Now, the second mode of communication, I'm just like, there's an academic term, but I'm just going to kind of make it easy for a, a salesperson or a business to understand. Second mode is more consultative selling, right? So we're more persuasive when we attempt to have a discussion. Okay, it came out in the 80s, like you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. uh, with lots of books, but one book stands out, probably Spin Selling. Like mm -hmm. Neil, Neil Rackham, right? Revolutionary at the time. Absolutely. That taught that you needed to ask questions to find out the needs of the client. Like how revolutionary, like, oh my gosh. That's right. Find the pain. Yeah. Compared to boiler room selling completely different, you know, asking yeah. logical based questions, but the, what's a potential downfall of the approach when you only ask logical based questions, we call those surface level questions. Well, mm -hmm. the prospect is going to give you surface level answers and logical based answers in return. And as we know, do people buy on logic or emotion? Always on emotion. 100% emotion. Brain studies prove that. There's really no debate. So if we're using consultative questions like, well, John, uh, tell me what's keeping you awake at night? Or, <laughs> <laughs> right, you've heard that. Or uh, can you tell me two problems that you're having the most? Or who besides you would be involved in this decision? If we say that too up front in the conversation, oh, it's yeah. a trigger, as you know, it just triggers people to emotionally shut down. So mm -hmm. instead of saying, 
if you're trying to find who, who the decision makers, instead of saying who's involved in, in who besides you would be involved in the decision, which most prospects are not going to tell you at that point, mm-hmm. you want to restructure that, okay, to work with human behavior. John, can you walk me through how your company's decision-making process, like what your company's decision-making process looks like when it comes to solving challenges like this? Walk me through is more of a term that's going to work with their brain where it kind of triggers them to walk you through how their company's decision-making process looks like when it comes to what? And you repeat back their problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's going to trigger somebody to be more open in that conversation. Okay. So once again, you know, it's more persuasive than like boiler room selling, assumptive selling, manipulating them, pressure them, pushing them, but you're still playing the numbers game because Mm -hmm. very little emotion is brought out by simply Mm -hmm. asking surface level logical based questions. Now, third mode, this is where it gets interesting. Third mode, as you know, is called dialogue. That's era three. So it's, there's a different term, but I think sales professionals would know that as dialogue. So we're the more the most persuasive when we allow others to persuade themselves. Dialogue, and that's where we have this methodology called asking neuroemotional persuasion questions. That stands for NEPQ. And the mm-hmm. key is we're learning certain questions and techniques that work with human behavior that get the prospect to pull us in rather than us trying to push them forward. So people always ask me, how do you get somebody to persuade themselves? That's like the $10 million question. Can you just show up and say, hey, John or Sally, go ahead and persuade yourself. Here's our wire details, you know, send the cash. No, you have to learn those skilled questions and the delivery, the delivery and tonalities, you know, is so important. It's equally Mm -hmm. important as the words you're using. Okay. And a step-by-step structure that's going to get the prospect to sell themselves rather than you trying to do it. So that's the mumbo jumbo of behavioral science, but really important to understand the difference if you want to be a top performer in sales for sure. Absolutely love that. I think this mindset right now is such a critical critical mindset as we look at the world we're in and uh, you know trust is at an all-time low we we say on the selling from the heart podcast all the time you know i think it was the word of the year in 2018 post trust like we're in a post trust trust world and trust is the currency of sales and i love this perspective of thinking about the way that we communicate as sales professionals being pivotal in being able to have somebody draw you in instead of trying to force your way in. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, as a sales professional, as a business owner, you have to get your salespeople to understand what triggers sales resistance so they can eliminate it. Because if you mm -hmm. don't understand what triggers it, you're just causing the sales resistance. And then you have to go into objection handling mode. I mean, a lot of people don't understand, like they hear that word fight or flight. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what triggers fight or flight, right? Like, you know, just kind of human psychology, typically within the first seven to 12 seconds of any sales conversation you're in or any type of interaction, I don't care if you're selling door to door, if you're cold calling on a phone, if you're meeting with a boardroom, you know, meeting the board of directors, if you're just selling in a home or on Zoom with inbound or outbound leads, it doesn't really matter. Your prospects are picking up on social cues from you. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're picking up on nonverbal and verbal cues uh, subconsciously. They can't even help it. Like we as a human being can't help that. They're picking up on those cues based on your tonality and what you were saying and or asking that triggers their brain to respond in one of two ways. Okay, now if we don't understand, if we come across in that conversation more, I would say aggressive, like we've talked mm-hmm. about, or needy, 
or especially attached. Like if we come across like we're attached to make that deal or move them right. and we don't understand the right questions to ask, it triggers the brain to go into what we call, like I said, fight or flight mode where the prospect tries to get rid of you very quickly. Oh, hey, I, I, you know, I'm really busy right now, Jeremy. Right. Can you just call me back later or, you know, we're good or we're not interested. We already have somebody for that. You know, uh, can you leave some information? Can you email me a quote? Can you just send me a proposal right at the beginning of a call? You know, can you get back with me in a week, a month, a year later, right? That's triggered. That's a triggered response by the way we're communicating. Now, mm -hmm. once we understand how to work with human behavior, okay, once we understand how to come across neutral in that conversation, more unbiased, like we're not even sure if we can even help yet because we don't know enough. We really don't. If we come across more calm, relaxed, and especially, here's the key word, detached, detached, mm. detached. We know the right questions to ask with the right tone. It triggers the brain to become curious enough, like I said earlier, where the prospect wants to open up to us. They want to engage with this because they feel like we have something that's so important to them. So we have to come across detached from the really the expectations of making the sale and instead focus on whether there's even a sale because maybe there's not. Maybe there's not. Maybe we, maybe we can't really help them. Now, can we help most of our prospects? Yes, mm -hmm. right? But the moment, the moment where we come across needy and aggressive, okay, and we try to come across externally excited is the moment the prospect feels like they're being sold to. And as you know, they do what? They emotionally start to shut down. And you can have the greatest questions on planet Earth, but they're never going to open up to those questions because they've emotionally decided to shut down because they feel like you're trying to sell them. Mm -hmm. Got it? Yeah, and I think, you know, so wrapping up one of the things that... Um, that that is so important right now for sales professionals. I think for marketing as well. I, I, anyone listening in a marketing, everything here applies to the the marketing uh, methodology and what what you're saying. That the thing that that is really striking me right now, Jeremy, is how important it is to show up, yeah. um, calm, <laughs> present, yeah, um, and not you know. One of the challenges for sales professionals is this thing called quota, right? So there's pressure to perform. Yeah. That's not going away. Yeah. But we've got to learn the the ability to put ourselves in a mindset, in a place where yeah. we're not attached to the outcome. Yeah. Um, otherwise, well, we're going to be sending off all these signals that yeah. you know trigger red flags everywhere with buyers. So it's so true. Like the co-author of, of the book that we wrote, a good friend of mine, Jerry Acuff, in, in mm -hmm. one of his best-selling books, uh, says that you need to start, you need to start, you know, stop. I think, what is it quote? Like, stop acting like a seller and mm -hmm. start thinking like a buyer. Put mm -hmm. yourself in their shoes. Become a problem finder and problem solver. Because as you know, most of your prospects, when you first start talking to them, don't even know they even have a problem. Or maybe they know they have a problem, but they don't know how bad the problem really is, right? Or maybe... They don't understand the consequences of what will happen if they don't do anything about solving the problem like you would know. And mm -hmm. when you learn advanced questioning and the right tonality to ask your questions that gets the prospect to want to engage and open up, selling becomes really easy because the prospect feels like you are there for them and they will gladly pay way more for what mm -hmm. you're offering because they feel understood. They feel like you're going to get them the results they want over somebody who's just trying to freaking sell them something and mm -hmm. stuff their solution down their throat. Yeah. Those type of salespeople are average in our day. Those type of salespeople get commoditized by the prospect and put over in a little corner 
and then they might pick and choose somebody that has the cheapest price. Those people yeah. are not viewed by the prospect as the authority, as the trusted expert, like salespeople do that learn how to work with human behavior in the process. It's a complete game changer as far as the sales that you make, uh, the profitability as a company, charging more for your services because your prospect views you as the, the person or company that's going to get them the results they want. And people, that's how you build trust. Like it's, it's, you know, this, I hate to say this when I say this, people get so upset. Like <laughs> our day and age, people do not buy solely on if they like you, they buy based on the results they feel you're going to get them over somebody else. Because if yep. they buy based off likes, They'd go buy food from the local small butcher rather than going to like the big, huge store where it's cheaper. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the book by Dale Carney, it's a great book, but we got to realize like how to win friends and influence people or whatever it's called. He says, you know, people buy based on, if, you know, if they like you. Well, that might have been true in 1936 when the book was written, but we're in 2022. We're talking to a different type of prospect and a different type of buyer. People buy based on the results they feel you're going to get. You love grandma. You love grandma. You like grandma, but you're not necessarily going to buy from grandma if she's got a competitor that's going to give you a much better result. You're going to buy from the competitor, aren't you? Absolutely. That's how trust is built in our day and age, by the questions you ask that cause the prospect to view you as the authority or the trusted expert in that field. Great conversation. Jeremy, how can our listeners learn more? Because I have, I have a feeling that you're not done innovating here. So, and I look forward to this book coming out later this year. Yeah. So no, we're just, fantastic. We're, we're just out having some fun, you know, things like that. But yeah, if, if you're, you know, I don't, I know we didn't have a lot of time to go into like specific NEPQ questions, like consequence questions. There's a whole bunch of things that, that we could have went through, but we'll do it another time. Um, best place to go if they want to get like, Hey, I'll even do this. You know, we did this with the podcast the other day. If they want a, you know, an example of some of those questions that they can use in different sales situations that I know they're going to be in. Um, they're welcome just to join our free Facebook group. Um, I think I gave you the link, uh, have we'll them go in the show notes. Have them go to salesrevolution.group. So salesrevolution.group.group. And right when they join, uh, check your Facebook Messenger because somebody on my team will message over to you a free training called the NEPQ 101 mini course. Awesome. And all, all it is, just a list of different questions for different sales situations you're going to be in that you can use to go out and sell more if that's what you want to do. Now, if you don't want to sell more, not much we can do to help you. <laughs> well, that's good. If you didn't want to sell more and you did want to grow revenue, you wouldn't be listening to the Revenue you Growth go. Podcast. Okay. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. We really, really appreciate you. Thanks, sir. I appreciate being on your show, man. Appreciate it. Great. Take care of that awesome. computer back there. I got to get one. That's right. Back. That's right. Well, thank you to everybody listening in and thank you to everybody sharing the Revenue Growth Podcast. As Jeremy was just saying, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to grow. And this is a time where it's important to grow grow. It's important to think strategically about growth. And the conversation we've had today was full of gold nuggets. I encourage you to go to Jeremy's uh, Facebook group. We'll put the link in the show notes. And I encourage you to continue pursuing ideas and strategies because the reality, like we've been talking about today, we are selling to an unsellable generation. It takes new thinking, new strategies, new mindset, 
Um, and that's what we're committed to bringing you here on the Revenue Growth Podcast. We've got exciting episodes coming up throughout the rest of this winter and this spring. Make sure on whatever platform you're listening on to subscribe, like, uh, and if you would be kind enough to share this podcast along with a review, it helps us spread the word. As I said, we've got some exciting guests coming up. You want to be back here next week. Thank you to everybody who is out there driving right now here at the beginning of 2022. It's important. The work that you're doing is critical. You're making a difference. And I want to encourage you until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.